Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast, number 163. Thank you to the folks uh, for sponsoring this thing, including the guys over at FXR Racing. Uh, their motocross and off-road gear has become an industry standard among both amateur and pro ranks with the ever-evolving gear lines that provide quality, durability, at the same time, extreme comfort. It's no doubt that FXR is the number one choice for guys like Mike Brown, Chris Kiefer, Phil Nicoletti, Cody Shock, Carson Mumford, and more fxrracing.com to check out the latest and greatest from those guys thank you to the folks at racetech as well pulp 21 is a code to save with them get your motor work done get suspension work done with racetech and tell them you listen to pulp and they'll dial you in they have the suspension seminars going on uh right now racetech.com for more information on that those things i think are mostly sold out they're going to add some dates to them but they have the engine seminars as well so they got motor uh, motor seminars and um, suspension seminars in corona california Racetech.com, you want to get in the industry, you want to learn, you want to broaden your horizons, check out Racetech.com for more. Thank you also to uh, Firepower, Maxis, Namira Pistons, and Roost MX, all on board this show. I'll tell you more about them later on. But first, our guest this week, he is the uh, owner of the FXR Chaparral Honda team. He's been on here before. It's uh, the end of an era for these guys, and uh, it's Michael Lindsay. What's up, man? How are you? I'm all the stress levels are slowly dropping, but I'm literally in the middle of uh, just unloading semi-organizing shop, just cleaning out my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, right? Ironic that you're going through the same thing that the guys at Geico were going through at the end of uh, Paula last year, and you were in touch with them to, you know, see what you could get and see what you could buy and, and everything else. Now, of course, uh, so this is this is now you're in that shoes. You've announced the team is over. Has it been... Um, is it hard to untangle something like that uh, to, to, to end a team? Like, uh, how, how is that? Little Yes and no. Like, I could imagine that, you know, for, like, Ico J-Drive, there's just so many more people. And, yep. I mean, at least that's the one thing I'm like, thankful for is a small team that wasn't like, oh, my God, where are we going to do? Like, all these people need places to go and stuff. Luckily, everybody's pretty much looks like within the next week, everybody's pretty much going to have a home for the most part. So that's good. Um, so the, the personnel part isn't as, you know, bad of a stress i guess is yep. probably those guys had to deal with um parse trucks yeah a few things because there's stuff you're seeing on you're paying for you're like oh i don't need this here anymore so this needs to go away now so you're just trying to get stuff out getting stuff ready to go out the doors pretty much quick as possible so you can move on to the, the next chapter i guess have you heard from teams and things about what you're selling and what you got and and all that um, a couple people i think most teams kind of i mean of course we're hunting so it's like uh, I've talked things to you guys about a couple little things. A few people have asked about like pick cards, the truck, a couple items like that. Nothing I would say too crazy. Right. Not like getting inundated with requests. Um, but yeah, if you guys have reached out and asked about some stuff they've seen in our area before, if, if we had hey, is anybody are you claim this or are you selling this? Yep. Um, what was the? I guess obviously, look if if things were great uh you'd keep it rolling Hody shock certainly crushed it mumford had some great rides for you and we'll get into that later but ultimately uh, michael with with the team shutting down i'm guessing the decision came to what the decision comes for all these teams that that go under and it's money right yeah basically at the end of the day is it financially viable to continue and um i talked about this a little bit to quite a few people it's like there were some options to continue but none of them were, <laughs> I wouldn't call them financially great ideas for my personal life. So it was uh, a weighing out of like, and, the, and what I was saying about the personnel is another one. It was like a weird thing of like, okay, if we keep going, I kind of knew the path we were going to go down, hiring a little bit more people, just trying to continue to do a better job. 
and it was just going to keep dragging on like, okay, right. we do, we need to pull out a little bit to keep this rolling. We have X amount of the budget we'll make next year, but then the next year is going to roll over and need more. And it's just like without somebody really, really big involved or something, it just kind of is like, it'll be a continuing spiral. Um, so yep. I don't know, just weighed everything and it's, you know, it's ours sponsorship. Not, I don't want to say the words pulling teeth, but there's a lot of stuff you're pitching that's B2B and you're selling someone and helping them with another brand. And yeah, some of it's branding on the, the racing side, but you're doing a lot of leg work to keep things moving. And at the end of the day, a big chunk of that has nothing to do with even going racing. So right. you're really doing it from a passion point of let's just try to find money so guys can go race. Yeah. But then we weigh everything. You're like, man, we're, we're not getting we're getting paid to go racing, but not all of it's really there. We're, we're having to sell our souls into other weird stuff to make it all viable. Yeah. So for you personally, like you went into debt for your team, I'm guessing the last couple of years. Pretty much like the starting year a little bit because there's stuff I had to buy, but overall wasn't like I, I would say like huge loss, like overall budget versus what we operate almost in bad, but there's trucks and stuff I had to buy. So it's like, okay, spent, you know, a good chunk of my savings there. And then you roll that over into, we went bigger with hiring staff. I had to cover a bunch of stuff in off season. And then, you know, people are slow to pay or don't take care of their end of the deals. And then you're still covering their end. And then by the end of it, you're like, wow, there's not really anything left here. This kind of sucks. Yeah. Did you run into non-paying sponsors? You had to have because a that. A little that, bit. Yeah. A little bit last year. Some people that are supposed to get coverage here, but just some people have been dragging it along longer need to be, I would think. Um, and just making it really tough because you're covering there until yeah. it gets covered. Um, some stuff that was kind of annoying about selling our last time, I just a bunch of stuff added all up to like, man, this is not this. Like I said, there was a path to continue, but I had to weigh everything. And the uh -huh. path to continue was, I mean, if you just want to put your head to the ground and go, we're going to go racing. This is, oh yeah, we can keep doing this. Or, oh yeah, this is, you know, is same thing. If one thing, one or two things go wrong with other sponsors and our stuff, it just continues to roll downhill. Did you have a more successful year one and then year two? Like you said, you hired some better staff and some you had to step up a little bit. Was year two more expensive than you expected, or was year two and year one about the same? No, no. I mean, year year two was more than double what we spent in year one. Double, but we got huh? A lot yeah. more help. Wow. Yeah. Um, but year two, one of the biggest like ticket items or like summer i'm sure you experienced it booking flights have like summer travel was really yeah. expensive rental cars some rounds we couldn't get them it was just like travel was kind of a nightmare this mm -hmm. year i pretty much everybody i talked to so it was by far the most expensive year of travel budget they've ever had to deal with yep. um so even in a smaller group like i I've joked with a few people people will go oh well you should have started in a van or this or that the semi dude the travel just the travel for a small team costs way more than it does operate that truck yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i didn't go to unadilla my flight was 1200 bucks i'm like i'm not spending 1200 bucks i think our average i think our average flight for dilla was like 1300 a person yeah and the hotels are expensive the rental cars are expensive yep. everything about dilla was expensive oof did you how close did you come i know you talked about you know keeping it keeping it going and and, and you know all the stuff that was it an easy decision, or did you toss and turn uh, deciding to pull the plug, or, or was it always pretty easy? I I would say it was a fairly quick decision. It was over the course of about 20, 24 hours. Yep. I was mulling everything over. Uh, not easy, man crying a lot, just not <laughs> wanting to put, leave everybody on the call. And yeah. Like the first couple of calls, I'm literally balling my eyes out. I feel like an asshole, so that doesn't help. Um, 
no, I didn't like because I really thought up until only a few days before Paula we were going to continue, and then a couple things just became more apparent. To me, like, hey, this is yeah, this is going to be quite the quite the feat to pull off again. And then at that point, like I said, it was like, well, could and I got sneeze. Yeah. Um, oh, there you I go. had you know a few people that reached out even after I pulled a plug and even with what they offered, like, I just didn't want to, you know, mm-hmm. at one point it was like, do we pull a plug or not? Like, do, you know, it was basically okay. The week before Paul, do we drag it out through Paul through Hingtown trying to find ways to bandaid it? Or do we just, it's better to just call it and let everybody start getting their stuff together instead of being, you know, not, yes, it's late in the season, but at the same time there was still, it was better than like, say last year, the season ran long for a lot mm-hmm. of guys and it was the last round, say with Geico, at least get it done a little bit earlier so the guys have some room to figure out what they're doing. Yeah, no, absolutely, right? And, and ultimately, like, it, how does it feel like you failed, right? Like, I mean, I'll, I don't want to – we'll touch on your successes. I'm not – this isn't going to be a whole negative podcast, uh, ML. But ultimately, <laughs> you know, you failed. You had two years and you had to close it. Like, does it – Does it? what's the feeling like? Or, or are you able to hold your head high with all the results of Cody um, and, and all – like, what's it like, man? Uh, it's tough because I can't say like, I wouldn't call myself a very prideful person. I don't take a lot of like, you know, I don't really stand on like, oh, I did this. So it's hard. Yes. I, a lot of it makes, I just feel like a failure. Yeah. Cause I don't even, even I've had a lot of people go, man, you guys did this. You did that. This is great. And yeah. It makes me feel better. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that is cool. But I, I don't, I, I don't let that over ride what i feel like you're part of it so yes on one end i think for what we did budget wise team wise and stuff i think we did a lot especially in year two um you know a lot uh to hopefully continue carson's career to basically help cody put himself on the map and these guys are like that's good i'm happy with that on all of our sponsors we're super happy with the presence we had how we did it so like that's good nobody was bummed yep. on that so yep. I'm, I'm happy about that but at the end of the day still these people even if it's it's like, hey, this dollar amount covers this year. You still feel like they've invested you in the long term, so you're bummed for some of the brands you're really close with. And I feel like pretty much almost every brand that we dealt with as a team was in some way a personal friendship of mine. There was a few yep. sponsors in there that were just few we came across, but most part of people that helped me are people I consider true friends, people that you know stepped up. So at the same time, I'm bummed because I'm like, I know they've put a lot in. So yeah, yeah. I feel bad that we're not continuing this this road and continuing to promote them and mark them for what they've done for us. Yeah, absolutely, right? It's kind of, kind of, yeah, it's a bittersweet, I guess would be a, a good way to, to put it. Um, Michael Lindsay yeah, here on like the I said. Yeah, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no, I was oh. just saying you were right. Uh, Michael Lindsay on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island podcast. Uh, thank you to the folks at Namira Pistons. Since 2001, Namira has been supplying pistons to the top racers out there from two wheels to four, from weekend warriors to top riders. Namira's advanced piston tech has increased engine performance and reliability without increasing your budget. Follow them on Instagram or visit them online at namira.com, N-A-M-U-R-A, to see the latest news and application updates. Um yeah, it it sucks, man. The, the last thing the sport needs is, is another team going away. But um, for the way you ran it, do you want to give our listeners a bit of a ballpark on what it costs? Um, like the way we did it, two guys indoors, outdoors yep. were you know a little over the half a million dollar range. Yep, yep. And do, um, and do you feel and- like that's and that's that's doing things 
you know, not staying in the greatest hotels every weekend, but also not slumming at a Motel 6. That's like a mid-range thing. Not slumming. We had a couple so so in most of the part, like most of the time, name brand, like decent hotels. Um, we didn't go a lot on rental cars. Usually we're a small enough group. We only had one or two. Yeah. Um, I'd say biggest thing, bikes, like four or five motors in rotation for each of the guys, four sets of suspension, building, you know, as good equipment as um, our budget allows, really mm-hmm. trying to make sure there's enough stuff to rotate that there wasn't, you know, that was one of our biggest focuses, step up, and we got really great compliments from Honda and our guys were watching. The guys did their build schedules, what we were running through, just like that we were taking all that super serious and, and trying to do as much as we could to replicate the big guys yeah you know just trying to give the guys the best stuff we could every weekend um so yeah that that was um a big part of it but ultimately the end day yeah there was stuff we we were as tight as budget as we could be on other items just trying not to be wasteful uh yeah exactly right it's just one of those one of those deals you heck you were driving the truck ml yeah for outdoors part of it was um just the way situational wise things worked out so got to throw that job on the on the old resume for a little while. That was actually <laughs> stressful as hell and really fun at the same time. I, I couldn't uh, imagine I, it. I, I said could. before, I'll say again, like a lot of the teams really, you know, you've probably experienced this. Like I thought coming from media over to racing, like more guys, more of the teams would be weird towards me. Honestly, I would say at the end of the day, Bill days, like everybody was actually more of a family, more helpful than I expected. Right. But particularly the drivers group is super helpful. Those guys are all, you know, really look out for each other and take care of each other. So that was cool to experience. Yeah, yeah that's good, right? Um, FXR is a big part of your team. They're a big part of the show as well. Uh, how were they? What was their response, Andy and Milt and everybody there? Because uh, they got some good publicity this summer, uh, care of Cody Shock. Andy was bummed. I'd say he was one of the biggest ones throwing Hail Marys to, to help try to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, even the day after I said done, he's like, come on. Like he was, he was egging me on there for a little bit. And I was teasing him at one point. Cause I think I even said to him, I'm like, dude, I just got mentally good with this decision. <laughs> you're, you're dragging me. You're pulling me back in. There was like two or three people. Yeah. The, some of the guys I do with from Honda were very similar. I was like, you know, they didn't want to see us go away and they wanted help. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I, I think I've made the right decision. I'm mentally good with it, but they would throw a couple things my yeah, way, and I'm like, yeah. look, if we can make this work, let's see if we can turn <laughs> lights back on. But at the same time, I'd get off the phone, and I'd be like, oh, my God, what am I doing? You have an all-new like, all 250, too. This. Yeah, you have an all-new 250. You, you have to develop and do all that, too, next year. So Yeah, which we were excited about, but that's also one part that was making the off-season tough on budgetary. Is just like, even yeah. though there was some stuff that carried over, there was a ton of stuff we are going to swap. Um, we were planning on staying with all the same technical program, but even from the year before we had changed tech programs, it was just, it just felt like so much changeover. That was going to be a huge item. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. so with the state of COVID, like bikes are hard to get parts are hard to get. Yep. There's just a lot of things there that create stress and, and make you wonder like, okay, how much can we really do? Um, you know, yep. that, that, that always, that always in part in the decision too, seeing if, Vax mandates come through for racing. If the schedules get mixed around or anything, it was just like, man, I'm we're going racing at like I would say what seems like the hardest point ever to go racing in yeah. motocross and supercross. Yeah, yeah. Do you think those residencies cost about the same? That's what I kind of heard from teams, right? Cost about the same um, as it, going. It actually evened out because yeah. yes, your travel expense to get there was less, but you were there so many more days in a hotel, and there's so much. At least for me, like mechanics on per diem and stuff just trying to make sure they're taking care of food like we're just paying out so much more per diems and hotels and stuff it, right. it really and the big one was having like some of the rounds had expensive rental cars and you've got rental cars for 10 11 days and it was like okay yeah we really 
you know, it, it just kind of came out to about the same. It really right. didn't save anything. I yeah. thought it was going to, but not so much. Right. Uh, so Salt, you're going- Salt Lake wasn't bad last year because a lot of us drove up there and yep. had our own vehicles. Mm-hmm. And we were timing. It was late in summer. I thought most Airbnbs were cheap. Like, Salt Lake worked out. Pretty much doing the residencies everywhere else this year did not work. Yeah, not really, right? Uh, you know, you're going back to Vital MX. That was a place you left uh, a couple years ago. Before even the team, you left there to kind of strike out on your own as a media guy. Uh, you did a good job over there for Vital. Guy B is taking a step back. He's going to get up the road. Um, you're kind of going to be the new Guy B. You're going to races, photography, writing, uh, you know, all that stuff. Um, how did that come about? And um, was that a, was that happening? That was I get. I'm guessing that ha- was happening parallel to you deciding about this race team, right? In parallel, yes, because ultimately I had made the commitment to them partway into the summer that I would come back. Um, but the that didn't af- like affect the team decision because at the time we were going to move our trip to like crew chief. I and our buddy Keith King, who was kind of helped me with the director role of the team, he was going to step up a lot. I was going to take care of like sponsorship management, a lot of stuff. I was actually we were talking about cutting part of the portion of the team, those guys, and I was slowly going to take a step away from it and be mm-hmm. able to do, do this job because ultimately like we we're looking at budgets like okay we need to hire realistically a full-time driver we need to hire another mechanic and then if i'm on the payroll too it was just like oh my god like yeah. i by far none i've been the worst paid person on the team this whole time basically nothing and it was like eh, this is gonna have to happen again or i have this really great job offer i can do a lot of cool things a parallel team be around the team um but mm-hmm. not you know yeah still be able to help but be able to actually be able to make a living again and not have to rely on the team and be able to use all the budget just to make sure the team's better. Yeah. Um, so yes, the, the decision was earlier in the team going away. Now that it is gone, I mean, I can put my full focus into it, which is also kind of stress relieving. I'm to do both, yeah. but also a bummer at the same time. Cause it wasn't the plan. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it'll be cool. Yeah. I, you know, you, 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 this is what, like when guy B was doing it, I mean, you weren't going to all the races, you were contributing, you know, you were test riding, but dude, this is kind of right up your alley. This will be really good for you. I think you'll you'll enjoy it. I mean, it's gonna be a shit ton of work. You know that. You're not scared of the work, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. You know. Now, and and I'm excited because compared to when I was there before, like a, when I first started, it was just me, IB, and then we had another part time kid come on. And then right about the time I left, I went to a contract basis for testing and kind of took myself out of my full time role when we brought Clinger in. Now I'm going back, and we've got. Uh, we still got the one part-time kid grant. We've got ping over there. We've got, um, uh, Sean Klinger and then Brad Resnick for video. So I have more, we have more horsepower per se. And then my gig is not quite, it's, I'm not directly taking over for Kai B basically. Okay. I will be going to the races, but I'm not going to every single one of them. Oh, okay. All right. We're going to actually split up those duties. I'm taking on more, uh, uh, because we have a bigger staff, there's more management role that I need to do. Mm-hmm. I need to do test running. I need to do a mix of things. Um, but also there's just a lot of internal projects I'm going to be focused on. So, oh, okay. So yeah, I, 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 I assumed you were, you were going to be guy B part two, but no, not really. No, not quite. Uh, yep. definitely. We, we sat down kind of over what the options were. I mean, it was on the table, but it was also like, you know, it was cool. Zara Brad kind of asked me like what I felt like need to be done. And mm-hmm. I explained my theory and, um, he was cool with it. Like I said, I don't know exactly how many races I'm going to next year. I would still say it's a pretty 
I don't know, third. Yeah. I'll, I'll be at a big chunk of them. We'll right. have somebody, you know, rotating the staff maybe a little more because it is, I mean, you've experienced, of course, you're, I know you've cut a few out here and there because doing every single one of them plus a couple off season races, whole, like you have almost, it's hard to find time to do anything other than the race coverage when you're traveling that much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I missed the most races this year than I think I ever have as a media guy, partly cost wise and partly I just, yeah, I kind of want to like, Man, you know, I just want to step back a little bit here. Um, so any hard feelings from your departure last time? And I'm not saying it went sideways the last time you left, but how was that? Like, was it, was it something or did it, was it, you know, Brad and all the guys at Vital? Was, was it totally fine? Totally fine because it was 100% my decision. Yep. They tried to get me to stay. Right. I just was in a weird state of, at the time we didn't have a lot of our help. I was kind of just like, it sounds weird. I was actually burnt on testing. I was just kind of, I've been doing the same thing I felt like over and over. Mm-hmm. We just had a lot of projects work on. I just hit a weird state one day when I went. I was just like, yeah, I actually had a bike intro, and I was like, I don't actually want to do this right now. <laughs> I, I and this sounds dumb. I quit with no real idea of what I was doing with my life. Yeah, I just hit a weird moment where I was like, you know what? Um, yeah, we're gonna try something else. And I enjoyed. I got to learn a little more doing stuff on my own. Then for some reason, this horrible team idea came around. <laughs> yes, at the end of the day, like I said, I do view it somewhat as a favorite, but I learned so much about so many different aspects of the industry and racing and, and marketing and so much stuff that I'm like that. I'm stoked on. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I that, gained yeah. all this experience. I could joke it was like going to school because I lost money at the end of the day. So I spent money to go <laughs> learn these lessons and get them beaten into my head. And now I get to go back to every single person that told me starting a race team was going to be a bad idea. And I joke at the end, like, man, you know, that was a bad idea. They're like, we told you. Yeah, yeah. I, put, put, you might have been amongst Put me them, in I there. Think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Every, I, I thought you were I'm insane. I'm pretty sure every industry buddy told me at one point or another I was an idiot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, which I will never deny <laughs> being an idiot. But. Um, well, that's interesting. Yeah, and are you going to uh, jump into that form, ML? Because I just went into this morning. I I apparently uh, some guy was trying. Oh, to get my, I saw. I okay. saw. Somebody said that you you blew off the yeah, the Dutch guy. The Dutch guy, yeah. and I'm like, I didn't hear you. And, and do I have a pattern of of anybody blowing? Like, yeah, I just didn't hear you, bro. And this guy took umbrage and thought that I don't know, man. I, I just I just this form these guys. So you're ju- you're jumping back into there. I I love the community. I've been posting a little more the last couple of days. I went through my own spell of of being lynched, although properly <laughs> something I deserved. <laughs> Yeah. Very heavily. So I went through a lynching the other day. One hundred percent deserved those. So I mean, it 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 happens. I it's actually probably of the job. This may sound crazy to some people. I know that, you know the vital farm gets gets its 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 rave rants against it sometimes. But the community side is probably one of the things I absolutely miss the most mm-hmm. about being there all the time. I have a high post count for a reason. I love bullshitting with guys about moto there. Yes. There's some, some crazy people in there, but at the same time, there's a lot of really passionate people and people like to do cool, you know, do good things. People are always doing fundraisers, helping different people. I, I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy that group. And I'm actually really excited because there's just a lot of guys on there that have always supported me in a way. So it's like connecting back with an old group. Um, so I, I'm, I'm stoked on it. Cause I would say of the current staff uh, with that's actually kind of the weird part with guy be leaving is of the current staff, nobody is really interactive with the community super close right now. So right. I feel like that's a big, that is a chunk of my role. Cause that's I, what it I was, agree. Like, I think part yeah, of it before. I think if you get in there, you got to, you know, curate and, and wrangle the monkeys a little bit. Right. The, <laughs> I just feel like you, that's, the that's, occasional. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't mean, I, I mean it like just like in a fun sense, like yeah. these guys want to hear from people that work at vital and, and can tell them yeah. the whys and the what's and everything else. That's all I mean. 
Um, I, I, w- I will say one of my favorite things always about the forum was, you know, you'll see guys on every once in a while, they'll say something along the lines of, oh, it sure be nice if some, you know, if real, if real industry guys would come in here and tell us what's up sometimes. And what I would giggle is, you know, you'd see some topic come out about a rider or something about them going somewhere. And I'd see somebody drop a nugget in there that I know is true. And I'm like, holy shit, I just found out about that a couple of days ago. And I didn't think we weren't allowed to talk like that was yeah, kind of yeah. off limits. Right. And I would. I would go look up. I'm like, this guy's only got like five posts. I go look it up, figure it out. Somebody's mechanic or something. Yeah. And everybody would just lynch the dude. You're full of shit. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I've put some stuff in there or I've read some stuff and they're just like, I'll just wait to the press release. Okay, cool. You want to know something. And then as soon as somebody puts something in there, you're like, well, that, I'll just wait for the press release. Okay. All right. Good. Well, you know, I, like I, I said, my, just my favorite is the one. Sometimes you get the reactions. People are like, what do you know? And I'm like, dude, if you yeah, yeah, who this person yeah. was, right, like, right. No, this person sure. is not full of shit. Trust me, this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Michael Lindsay here on the uh, FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast. Thanks to the folks at Firepower. They know about their batteries. You know about their chains, A-Ray and Chiz and Cade Clayson and uh, Gopher Dunes Honda. And so many riders use their batteries and chains. The chains are made in Japan. Featherweight lithium batteries uh, are backed by a two-year warranty. But they also got oil, too. The Firepower Motor Oil, built from the ground up by a leading OEM manufacturer, is of the highest quality. Firepowerparts.com, uh, great company, great guys. Uh, Michael Lindsay, I'm sure, will be using Firepower in his builds. Back at Vital MX. Speaking, um, so. speaking of, 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 of that list of teams, he was go for Dunes Racing. I, I saw you talking to those guys for a long time. What are you gonna you, you trying to transplant a Canadian team here or what? No, 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 no nothing. <laughs> I am not trying to do anything. Trust me on that. Um, what? Uh, when do you start back at Vital? When, when do you start? Or have you started? Um, help us technically. Uh, Monday is my first oh, day okay. on the job. Oh, all right, right on. Um, Hey, so Works Chassis Labs, another company that you were involved with, uh, you split up from from Scott and, and Works Chassis Lab, from what I understand too, and 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 gone away from that too. Yes, sir, and that's actually why I was. I, I'll be honest, I was what I was joking about in the term of lynching. Um, we got a bit behind during um, mostly me traveling, not being able to communicate with customers, doing. I'll be honest, an overall poor job. <laughs> um, so that's why I was joking about the lynching and 100 yeah. percent deserving it is. I was on the way out. We had a bunch of back orders filled. We had some dudes that need some refunds. It went south on the forum. Once again, I'm not, not like 100% deserving. Yeah, some yeah. dudes are really mad at me. And, and we're, like I said, I, I'm actually still helping Scott a couple things. But yes, I'm no longer like day to day involved. Scott's my buddy. We, we right. try to build this thing up. He's still working on it. And I'm still helping with some website stuff and a couple other things. But yes, I am actually no longer um, a part of it. Do you think but, like, that? Okay, go ahead. No, I was just reiterating one more time at the end. Once again, hundred percent deserving from <laughs> like, yeah. But I'm, I'm stoked we got. Um, well, I mean, I like guess pretty much these back oars and these guys all taken care of. So just uh, plugging away. Well, shit happens for sure. But if you try to make it right, I guess that's that. That's the bottom line, right? Uh, for sure. All I can do at the end of the day. So for you being away and 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 buried deep in this team for two years, do you feel like and and, and this is a you know this is an. A question that I think we know the answer to, but I'm going to ask you anyways. Like, do you feel like you're going to get any pushback from the industry on things that you want to do over at Vital? Do you feel like the competitiveness of teams may come back to bite you, or or, or rivals, or anything like that? Will companies that kind of stuff? Uh, uh, say you uh, were talking to Vortex for for bars and sprockets, and, and you took a Pro Taper deal, which you were Pro Taper, and then. Uh, the Vortex is mad and they're not going to give you sprockets for a build. Or This is totally hypothetical, nothing about Vortex. But that kind of stuff, like, do you think you're going to have to wade through some stuff at Vital 
because and not even not even like stuff that you did on purpose, but just just wade through some stuff that's vital to 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 help you over there and be that neutral guy. Um, I would say for the most part, I kind of feel like no. I do, okay. of course, have with some of our team brands. We I have really close relationship. Cool part is most of them are advertisers. Um, coincidentally, there's a couple people from the team that weren't that want to continue to work with what I do. So okay. I'm like, there's a couple brands that want to continue to go wherever I go, which is cool. Um, but for the most part, the one reason I would say for the most part with brands, no, is before Vital, I would rotate through everything and will continue to. Mm-hmm. But I never really got, you know, we did have a little bit of changeover in sponsorship from year one to two, but nothing was really like weird bidding back and forth or anything. So I don't think I really ever had like a, yeah, yeah. a negative end with a brand. Yep. Um, one of our biggest changes was some of our technical program stuff where we went from race tech the first year on. And I was just talking to checkers from race tech the other day. Like, yeah, well, he, he gets there. it. Like, Those yeah, guys he, are he gets in it. there. Yeah. yeah. And they've always been like friends, family. So it's like, other than that, there was a couple little parts changeover, nothing really too crazy. So right, right. I don't foresee that. And then it was kind of weird is I, what I mentioned earlier is I felt like actually going from media to team, even though like, yes, teams are competitive mm-hmm. and there's certain things I don't talk about. For the most part, I felt like I was closer to a lot of team guys than I was before, you know, in a sense, knew more about certain things. Um, I did kind of wander around the pits last weekend, mentioned to some guys, that's why I was going that was kind of the next step for me career-wise uh-huh. and joking with a few guys like you know some are even mechanic like not that we already didn't do content about teams it has kind of refreshed of like some of the spotlight on some of the stuff i want to show that everybody does now understanding more what everybody goes through yep so telling a few guys like hey i'll be back to annoy you at a1 with a camera maybe pre-season <laughs> shot but for good reason like i want to show a lot of guys doing. so a lot of them were actually like pretty cool with it like in the sense of like yeah now you know what we're going through but then there was a couple right off that like oh you're banned from the truck yeah yeah right i i think i can't remember i think i went over to tell Corey, sorry like do you want me to tell brad you're gonna have a camera again yeah yeah no i i, I was gonna that my next question was how many t- how many teams are gonna ban you <laughs> we'll see hopefully i mean i understand more what they're going through so hopefully right. uh, it all stays a little more combined but no for, yeah. I, for the most part i i think it'll be good um now, like, so at the end of the day, I mean, maybe something pops up, but for the right. most part, I feel like the experiences and interactions I've had, which should only hopefully help going yep. back. Right. Um, but we'll see. Something still might come back just, to bite. You, you never know. know. Yeah, yeah, you never know. And just be more open-minded than that Kiefer guy. That's all I ask. No, I'm kidding. Ah, um, Chris, no one yeah, way. So, like, have you, do you, have you ridden much in the last two years? Like, do you need to get back into, like, riding <laughs> a little bit? Like, I, I don't even, uh, I would imagine you I had no time to ride. I a lot more the first year did than you? I did this okay. year. Um, right now, I'm going to ride next week, and it's going to be the longest layoff I've ever had that was not injury-related. Yeah, yeah, really, right? Jeez. So, yeah, yep. I'm, uh. I've been eating better and losing weight. I got a little. I, I got a little on the on more on the side around the team, but Imagine um, that. Yeah. I don't know. I've always at least we'll see if injury to this long layoff is different. I'm usually the kind of person that can get back on a bike and within. I mean, fitness doesn't come back, but first day I usually can ride the exact like like so. I just jump on. It's I I think I've spent enough overall time on a bike. The few yeah. times I've jumped on a bike the last couple of years, like all sensations there. Like I feel like I can pick up you know, sensation feeling testing really quick. I know right. what I'm looking for. So no, pause on that. I just need to, yeah, get a couple days under my legs because it's about shootout season and I should probably ride more than one time for a shootout. Yeah, probably. Um, probably. Or otherwise I'm going to be really miserable by the end of it. Let's talk about your team a little bit. And uh, man, I tell you what, like 
you have always believed in Cody Shock uh, when he was crappy and when he was broken wrists. Not crappy, but you know what I mean. You before <laughs> a the crashy. Yeah, before the team started, you're like, I'm going to hire Cody Shock, and I'm like, what? Well, I actually you know will I mean? say that was untrue. We did the team was starting. He wasn't a part of it originally. He was kind of a fill in, and to give all credit where credits due, um, I honestly never heard of Cody. Uh, Kenny Day was the one that approached me on okay. it. He's really good, longtime friends with him. Archer was a mechanic, came on with him. She was good, longtime friends with him as well. They both believed in him a lot. But Kenny was the one that came and said, hey, if you even have an opportunity for one race or just something, I know this kid. Right. You should see him ride. Great family, great you know, great person. And he told me, Cody, and I, I shouldn't say I never. I, I'd heard Cody's name before. Yeah, I no, really, as, literally I, knew as I have. Yeah. He had, had some good outdoor action, but I knew nothing about the kid. Okay. Nothing. Well, didn't know where he was from, didn't know anything about his background. And coincidentally, Kenny tells me this. And I meet Cody like 10 minutes later and worked out saying he was going to ride some supercross for us. He ended up like first day, I joke about his first day on the bike, he made like three laps and we did on some huge jump that nobody else on a 250 was trying that day <laughs> or something like that. Just sent it. It was okay, but then he prepping a couple, like a couple weeks later, he ended up doing um, both it, wrists. So well, he ended up coming back for Salt Lake and I just liked everything about the kit. Yeah, um, and, and he got better as that residency went on. He was rough at first, and he got better each race. Um, but my point is I'd heard of him too. But you were the guy, honestly, and giving you some credit, you just pass it on to Kenny Day, and I get that for sure. But you were the guy that's like, man, I, 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 this kid's good. He's, he's a nice kid. He's good. Uh, I think there's something there. Uh, you know what I mean? I want to hire this kid. There were certainly better named guys that you could have put on the team as a fill-in or anything. Um, so – his success now, I mean, 2021 was a year of Cody Shock, and, and and you know, it had to make you feel real good because the dude's crushing it in rope motos. Uh, man, that was awesome. So good job. That had to make you feel good. It, it does because the end of the day, not to say that Cody would have never got his chance, but it, the situation where it was, I don't know at the time if, if he would have got a good chance, especially like trying to put together stuff this year with him and Tony, just trying to put every, as much as we could good for like in, on his side. Um, you know, I, I feel like we did all we personally could to give him this outlet and it worked out. Like I said, I mean, now is he's on the map. Um, it's a weird year with deals because a lot of big teams were, they were filled even partway into Supercross. So like I've talked to a lot of big teams that are super interested in him on two fifties, um, but it's just weird timing on the bright side. Um, he's got a couple really good options on the table. I think we'll know in about, I'd say about a week, what direction he's going to go. Um, I've talked to him quite a bit, so I know where his headspace is at. And I've kind of made a few calls to help on behalf, mm -hmm. a few things we've tried to put together. So I know one of the offers on the table, I really worked on hard to try to help put as good as I could together. He's got a couple others. Ultimately it'll be his decision. Don't you feel like um, the Phoenix thing makes the most sense? He knows the bike. Uh, Honda will make that, sure Phoenix is handled. You know what I mean? To me, that really that, works. That's the one I want to see happen. That's the one I say that I've been somewhat involved in. Uh, Dave Eller's a great guy, great friend. Um, yep. We both run, you know, opposite coast teams. We we had even talked about basically putting our teams here before. I talked to a guy almost every day, uh, probably at least five times a week, honestly. Yep. Talk yep. to David almost every morning. Right. Um, I like what he's doing. I like who he's been bringing on. I like the direction he's going. So with Honda, of course, there was an avenue there. So that's uh, one of the opportunities. He, one of the opportunities he has. Yep. Um, 
I personally like it the most. He likes things about, but like I said, he's got also other options. Yeah. So ultimately, at the end of the day, it's, you know, me and sat down and talked about it. And it, I actually, I thought our one lady, Nick from Pirelli, put it to the best. He's like, if you're a visual guy, he's like, seriously, whip out the old whiteboard, put the pros and cons for everybody up there. Like, figure out what mm-hmm. really, you know, put what are you, what are what is most important for you next year? What, what matters to you most in your next deal, what's going to help you the most achieve your next goals? Stay on a so Honda, I think. Stay on, the, stay on the bike, stay on a program. You know what I mean to me. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So. Um, uh, well. Th- so, um, what did you? What what kind of like did you? I guess you know as a media guy before you owned the team, you know, and we know this. You and I know this, but you really saw it firsthand. Like a privateer four fifty can can be made pretty damn good. It can work pretty well under a great rider. You know, and can run top five. It can hold shot. It could, or not maybe a hold shot, but it can get top three starts. All that stuff. Yeah, I would say Cody came. I would argue Cody did at Millville. They gave it to Barsha, but I have a photo that shows Cody over the line. Right, first. right. Um, but so that's the point, though. Is uh, is you've you've shown that you can build a bike that can race against any factory machine out there. You know, that's pretty cool. And I think cool part is, I mean, good relationships, of course, like good people to work with enzo kyb ross knows his stuff has years and years of factory work experience all his stuff i mean it's basically for me having the access and relationship with him is basically that is having a factory suspension guy in a yeah. sense yeah true um, right, yeah. motorwise chad from xpr has been building stuff for mcr for 10 years he's won a main of a 450 supercross main event with jd mm-hmm. i know he knows 250s 450s in and out great electronics guy same thing like for the money like i to get the same quality of work, I would have had to go hire somebody and pay them 120, 130 grand a year salary, plus give them all the materials they needed to actually be able to R&D an engine. Right. Um, on top of that, Chad has that kind of knowledge and experience, so it worked out super well for us. Both two, like, yes, our 450s weren't to the moon built, mm-hmm. but they were about half the budget of our 250Fs. But Chad still worked a lot of magic on them. They weren't, they, you know, Cody likes really smooth, broad power. Chat's really good at producing really rideable raw power, so it worked out together. And uh, they weren't arming; they worked out great for him to be able to show he did. Honda was really helpful; some background information, some some little helpful insert in there. Um, Tony did an amazing job just testing with Cody because, like, there's stuff to do it. But honestly, like Tony and Cody's relationship was great for that. Mm-hmm. Tony was really good at te- like teaching him how to take the emotion out of testing and how to be super objective. And at the same time, just like they didn't chase their tail a lot. They they didn't go with crazy changes, but they made the right ones at the right time. Um, I thought they did, or uh, the two of them together did a really good job at that. Now, Tony's going to go to PC, I believe, from what I hear. Um, I So he's got a couple options on the table, and that's one of them. Yeah. I won't speak from. I think that one's pretty likely, though. Yeah. Um, same thing, end of the week, I'd say we know, but um, I, I'd say there's a good chance. What is Cody's greatest strength, do you think, as a rider? Is there something that stood out for you? Um, he always says something to his dad, Tom. And I, I said on Weech Joe, I, I joked and said, Mama didn't raise no bitch. I've joked about <laughs> him just being like, just never give up. And he says all the time it comes off like, I've seen him like, Tony and worked hard. He's still like, I would say overall is developing like the way he trains and how serious he takes everything. Mm-hmm. I think he, as the year went on, really, really just, you know, really bought into doing everything in the sense of just taking it serious but even when he's on the limit of being dead basically tired yeah, yeah. the kid just is he's good at really riding through it and he'll always say like you know pain is temporary the result is forever so i've seen him a couple times come off the bike like pretty freaking ruined 
And yeah, he just kind of continues to make it happen. Yeah, man, that was a, that was an awesome season for sure for Cody. Um, yeah. uh, Carson Mumford was on your team as well. Uh, I know that he was frustrated at times, and then other times, um, I, I I I said, "Hey, man, you got eleventh or twelfth, and you were top privateer in the two fifty class on a privateer bike." And he wasn't that happy with it. Other time, you know, he whole shot Washugal and led some laps. I don't know, man. I feel like Mumford had a good year. Not a Cody shock year, but a good year. But at times it seemed like there was frustration from Carson over there. And I understand. I think like a big part of it still comes back to, you know, I could be wrong. This is just my perspective is, you know, there's still what happened last year. Basically the, the Geico team mm-hmm. going away, feeling like he really needs to prove why he should be there prove people wrong on why he wasn't picked um i'm sure he wanted to in his prize head you know he truly believes he should be being the guy who's in front of him and based on what i've seen from him at certain points in the week like he's super talented he can do it um uh, you know i think the frustration is just not these big leaps and bounds results at times um you know i think i this just once again my opinion i think he struggles a little more when results range um, but like I said, he can he can get it done. He'll continue to progress. I was stoked personally because he got his best. You know, he yeah. rode for technically a factor on a two fifty team last year, and he got his best overall result technically on our bike by one position over his Geico results. Uh, for the most part, I'd say his results were fairly similar, maybe a little more consistent with us. I think Geico had a little more high low looking at it. I'd have to go back and do all the averages for the year um, for outdoors, but. You know, once again, we were we are a smaller team. We are a private team, and we were able to at least carry where you know he on the factory team. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's positive. We were going to continue to grow, but I do understand his his end of it. Like I said, kid. Like I said, him and Cody come from very two opposite ends of the spectrum. I mean, Carson was Honda's, you know, a kid yeah. been on the one fifty program, had all this stuff, and had been one of those guys that was brought up and was considered to be like, hey, this guy's going to rock rock this stuff when he comes up yeah and you know i'm sure the path that so far has been taken is not what he thought it was going to be all these years um so that's got to be tough on it that's gonna be tough on anybody that's had all his expectations put on this work for that and to have the pathway change so much right at the moment of going pro um actually one of the points i thought was really hilarious he mentioned going to supercross this year when we saw stern will's Still not allowed to sign autographs as he's like, man, I've still never signed a, pro, a poster as a pro. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Right? I was yeah. like, what? He's yeah. like, yeah, we kind of all yeah, think about that. Right? Outdoors. Sure. He's joked. He's like, last time I signed autographs was honestly like Geico when you brought my 150 and I, I signed a button. He goes, that's the most I ever signed was as a kid. Like when we brought 150, I was just joining the pro team. But, right. you know, um, you um, know, just weird circumstances of the world gone. And yeah. Um, like I said, him and Cody come from two very different worlds on where the results have been and where they expect their career to go. That I thought they both did really well this year, but um, definitely different feelings on where they thought they, you know, where they yeah. thought they should be. And yeah, I thought he was after- too hard on himself. Myself, myself. I mean, I, he, he had some bad races, but at times I'm like, hey, Mumphy, like uh, this is okay, man. Yeah, I, I would in a sense agree. Like again, I understand why he was hard on himself. But I do think sometimes. Like I said, I, I, I would have liked to – me personally, I would have liked to seen him just like be able to grow from the experiences and not get so so tough on himself. He is really hard on himself. I under, Once again, I understand why. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because ultimately like it, I think everything's perspective. You know, his perspective once again is I should be beating these guys. I should be on their bikes. I should be up there. And then my perspective or at least what Trey shared him is like, hey, you're – 
So on your second season, yeah, we're not a factory team. You're doing just because you're on the Geico bike. You're you're having your moments up there running. Like there's going to be the high lows. It's not always going to be perfect, but just learn from it. But like I said, once again, it yeah. Like I I always I it might sound like I'd be a dead horse. One of my favorite things is I always say, you know, everything in life is perspective. Yeah, good or bad, it's it's just how you take it and roll with it. Yeah. Um, and not that anybody's way is wrong over the other. That's the way he roll with it because that's what he you know he believes and feels and everything. Yep. Um. So at the end of yeah. Um, Michael Lindsay on the uh, Race Tech Suspension FXR Racing Privateer Island Life Podcast. I want to thank the folks at Roost MX. They've been delivering professional-level graphics for every rider from amateur to pro. They've, of course, did the Rock River team forever. I've been saying that they did the Manaluk Cycle Trader team or the Manaluk uh, Rock River no, team. This they, year. They, they don't, but they don't. But I've said this all year long because I just assumed. <laughs> Uh, people in here, hey, where are these graphics? So my bad, Troll Train, on that. But they don't do that team, so now people. But they do do hey, hats. speaking what? of your boy Troll Train, what about did him? you hear where he's going next year? He's going to do the same thing he told me. Something, I, something changed? I heard, I heard different as of yesterday. Oh, then, okay. So this was when he was in studio there on Monday. Um, so maybe something came up. I'll text him. But um, he says he's going to 450, unless he got a 250 offer from somebody. Uh, I, I heard he's got an offer to do both. Oh, okay. To well. do 250 indoor on one coast, 450 on another coast, I think 450 outdoors. Oh, okay. All right. That's what I heard yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me text him right now, actually. Let's see what he says. Uh, <laughs> see if he cops to it in the middle of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll break some news here. Um, uh, all right. Um, Roost MX, Pulp Nation is the code to save. Uh, please tell them uh, you listen to Pulp MX with Pulp Nation code. They got a whole Pulp Nation section on their website with Pulp MX swag as well. As well, as well, as well, as well. Pulp MX for monthly deals. Official uh, merch. For Cobra stuff. So if you got a little one, uh, Cobra will make it happen. And thanks to the Maxis guys. A-Ray, Maxis, Rod Bell, Maxis. You know what they're doing next year, right? Uh, Yeah. I yeah. actually do because I've talked to Jason quite yeah. a bit about it. Yeah. So they'll have some news to, to, to announce here shortly. Uh, Maxis Tires, of course. They'll still be a Maxis, I believe, developed by Jeremy McGrath and used by those guys. The summer of Rod Bell didn't pop up right away, but it came later than we thought. Uh, but it was still there. But – um. Uh, please. It was the it was the summer of Cody Shock, man. It was oh, it was the summer of Shock, and and honestly, I got so tired of writing that like Cody shocked the world or Cody shocked the. <laughs> I just I was over that. It, it was fun for a while, but you definitely run out of ways to use it after a while. Yeah, yeah, you really do, right? So, um, shocking. All right, so Michael Lindsay, back to back to your deal. So, you know, um, I've had as a mechanic, uh, I've had a lot of riders. Well, not a lot of riders, but Nick Way, Ferry, Kelly Smith, leading races, right? Leading heat races or leading main events, and. And you're boarding for them. And, and dude, so some of these times I got goosebumps. Like, I was just unbelievably stoked for my rider to see them up front and everything else. And I remember being, like, just, you know, yeah, just so happy and, and excited and nervous. And, like I said, literal goosebumps in the mechanics area. So what's it like with Mumphy and Washugo? Like, is that same feeling for you? Like, are you just like, oh, God, he's going to eat shit or he's going to get blown by or whatever? Like, what's it like when, you're, when Mumphy's leading Washugo? Um, it was crazy. So I'll, I'll state like how, how the whole thing started. So I'm standing first corner, first corner there. If you're a lot of times I'd go first corner with one of the other Honda guys, just like, Hey, if somebody falls down kind of thing. And then I'd run to the manager's tower right after or wherever I was going to, you know, view and radio from. Um, but the inside there is kind of downhill off camera. I can't see anybody come over the gate until they crest that hill yeah, and drop down. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as he comes off the line, I hear Pedro on the radio yell, we got a whole shot, babe, like just screams it. And then half, uh, probably halfway down the street, I can hear the bikes coming. I still can't see it. And yep. Tony 
was bringing something up to the pit cart, and I even heard him radio, holy shit, he's going to pull it. <laughs> and I look up, and it's funny because he was a little tick more outside than the first two bikes I saw. I kind of saw him, but it looked like somebody else getting in. He just, like, launched, carved, jumped off down there. I was like, oh, God, I got it. And then, honestly, you know, the first lap or two, I, was it Jay Coop behind him? I actually, yeah, I he was, like, maintaining, if not pulling the gap a little bit. And then you could see the, the tightness settle in and stuff, but still the whole time, yeah, just freaking yeah. out in your head. That's like, awesome. oh my God, I, he's doing this. Like, yeah, yeah. Whole, and that's what we're saying. It was like, we've seen him ride like this, like this is what he's capable of. So there's that level of stoke, just knowing the guys are doing what they're doing. Um, that was, you know, that race for him. And there was another one where he started really close to the top five. It was really similar. I'd say my similar ones for Cody is kind of, it was a bummer because we had a, a little bit of a bike problem, but like Southwick he had was kind of one of his first big moments running up front. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the one I probably freaked out the most because it, I would say lasted the longest was Cody's Daytona. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was counting down the laps going because I instantly when he pulled out, I'm like, okay, he'll run here for a while and go backwards. Yep. And he hung and there dude, for so just, long. Yeah, I'm like, forever, right? Yep. I was staring at the board going, no way. Like it got down to a couple of the go. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> I, I'm like losing – I think it was my girl. Uh, it was one round. My girlfriend. She she nudged me. And she goes, "You know how many laps it's been?" I'm like, yep. I was just so focused on watching it physically happen. I'm like, "No, how many?" And she's like, "We're up to like lap eleven or 12. I'm like, "No way!" Wow. Yeah. So that yeah yeah he was third forever, right? Second. Yeah. Second for a while, and, uh, and then third forever. Yeah. Second for a while, then third for a long time, yeah. and then he got freight trained right at the end. Um, there was also some really cool ones watching like. Carson, too. Carson's one of the most, I swear, unluckiest people in the first or second corner. I don't know how many times he got run over this year in the <laughs> corner. It was yeah, a lot, though. Right. Um, but just also a lot of coming through the pack battles for him. Just like, oh, my God, he passed 20 people in the lap kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Um, so you, you mentioned X, you mentioned XPR, Chad, there, done, doing a great job for sure. You're trying to compete against Star Yamaha. You're trying to compete against Peyton and all these guys. And, you know, one of the things Mumphy was saying, he didn't feel like his bike was fast enough. And, and, and I get it, and I'm, this isn't uh, the coming down on XPR because uh, money – or horsepower in that class just equals money. There's just a there's a real easy equation for that. Um, and for you, like, is it a case of like, uh, and I'm sure you've explained this to, to Carson. Um, hey, I don't have the money to do what X because you know it's not rocket science. We all know what the, the teams are doing, and the, it, it, it's lifespan of stuff. And, and the, the higher compression you get, the longer the more you got to change it, and the more money that costs. It, it's all that kind of stuff that makes sense. But at some point, like I imagine, Chad is like, well. I can make this CRF250 this much faster for this much more money. And then you have to take a hard look at your books and be like, well, I can't do that. Um, uh, is that kind of what it boils down to for a team like yours? A little bit yes and no. Uh, one other big factor for us is also not just initially like what we set forth for a budget, but also durability, not pushing off bikes. Yeah, we of course. never yeah. pushed off a single 250. And the huge part of Han is like um, it sucks because two of Cody's were chains. We had one small OEM problem, part break on Cody's bike, and we thought it was electrical. So, I mean, overall, I would say with Cody's, we only overall had one mechanically. I mean, chains kind of, but like one mechanically What the hell was up with chains problem. this year? What was up with chains? Dude, not I even don't you, even know. Not the even race we threw, The race we threw two, I, I counted there was like six people that had chain problems with that race. Wow. Wow. Um, okay. But anyways, um, you know big factor for us yeah, is you don't want to push it off season right. on was chad's good spec ink um he worked on a couple of things we had something we were testing towards the end but the biggest problem we had with it and we never broke it in testing 
but there was a durability concern. And it's one thing when you're like, we were trying to do two race rotations. We aren't set up with being able to overnight enough stuff, be able to ship enough stuff. We had enough, I would say, engines rotation, Paul, but to change every engine over to the new spec yep. and then start overnighting them all to go down to one race rotation would have been super tough on a team of our size. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of where we were looking at with with what was available towards the late part of outdoors, kind of something new that got brought to the table. Um which part of it was kind of chasing Carson's more of a low to mid guy in a 250. When he's rocking and rolling, I listen to him really keep the bike up in the arms, but sometimes he wants to, I'd say, lug it a little more than some of the guys around him. So some of the stuff that was worked on towards that, but it came to the end. Yes, it's partially budget, partially durability. We'd set out an initial plan. We kind of had to stick to it. Like, yeah. You know, once again, shoot, it's like, yeah, I kept on, like, yes, we're not star. We're not PC. Yeah. We're producing the most competitive bike we can. We're able to run inside the top 10 towards the top five. We're not pushing bikes off. We have to, we have to start somewhere. You can't just throw the kitchen sink at it and start going, blowing up left, oh, right. And 11, 11, 10 bikes seem really fast, but then, uh, they had a few issues. So yeah. How yeah. many DN, exactly. How many yeah, DNFs? Yeah. How can you, you can't. You can't to sponsors just do that. You literally can't. You can't just say, F it, we're going to see how long this lasts. Like, yeah, we have yeah. to be super responsible. Our job is to finish races at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we have to stick to that at the end of the day. Um, you know, the goal is always to be better, spend more money on learners next year, put more into maybe do tighter rotations. Um, but we had to stick to an initial plan and roll with it. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely. What we to do. It just. It is what it is, man. It's not Star Yamaha. It's not Mitch Payton Pro Circuit team. It, it yeah. isn't, you know. And, and 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 so yeah, that that's all part of it. Uh, Brandon at Honda, Kehoe, those type of guys. Did you did you have a lot of to do with that week to week with Honda? And and obviously you mentioned earlier they gave you some advice and some technical stuff and all that. But how much involved is a is a factory team like Honda uh, with somebody like you? More towards the end. So the first year I pretty much just dealt with uh, with my kind of day to day guy Joe, um, and everyone's talking. I'd ask guys questions at the races, but going into the second year, you know, we started going to use the test track all the time. We were communicating with those guys, questions on parts and bikes. And it went from just dealing with Joe to dealing with Joe, Brandon, Bill Savino, dealing with Eric a lot, mm-hmm. um, bars, Josh, Tommy, anybody like, Hey, I'm going to run. Like it went from more parts to, Hey, can I, you know, we were borrowing some more stuff. I'd stop by the shop and pick up stuff, ask questions, um, at the races, you know, everyone's way like, like questions about, questions just about parts like oh hey this war a little different than this one what yeah. do you guys know have you seen this or not or you know is there anything we need to be aware of they're super cool yeah. um honestly that was one of the more disappointing facts about having to close the team is well how good i felt that relationship was getting and how well yeah. they took care of us and how open they were with us would have never imagined having that kind of relationship with an oem i would think you know i'm sure part of it's guilty is guy going away yes we didn't take over now but we were we were progressing uh-huh. they didn't they kind of weren't having to deal with them that program had come in house so we were one of the next in line to be able to pass on some stuff to and and work with them so overall yeah all that was um yeah it was it was way better and that's like i said that was almost one of the most disappointing parts because in the sense of thinking of running a team is you don't find many opportunities to get in with an oem that close because a lot of your miniature guy, because these programs last so long, typically, that you you don't see that window open very often. No, you don't, right? Um, 
And so you had some factory stuff, a little bit of factory stuff on your bikes, you said? A couple things, just like brake calipers, fuel tanks, a couple little things here yeah, and yeah. there. Um, huh. Nothing like our, like I said, our engine program was totally ours. Yep. Um, so nothing like that, but uh, occasional little stuff from the mirror in there we could get. We were talking about trying to get a few more things next year. They were cool to loan us a few things next up would have been buying certain components like for instance um fc used to mm-hmm. certain things loans certain things like hey we have some used ones you can have yeah. and then like hey if you want these you can get in on our order but it costs right. x amount right uh michael Lindsay on the fxr racing race tech suspension privateer island life podcast well michael um yeah i told you you were crazy uh but you know what you did it you've got a you've got a lifetime of experience you got a book you could write and you put some riders in the top 10 in the gets the toughest field ever you led laps you, you know you cody shock was amazing all year long so yeah hold your head up high man uh certainly you know you look at teams like you know the shit shows that have been over the years and you guys were not a shit show so congratulations <laughs> thank you I tried really hard not to be right right yeah that, that, there, are, there are yeah. definitely not moments i will hold my high, high and say we did an amazing job but i, I felt yeah. like we were fairly respectful yeah, absolutely, man. Well, get busy at Vital MX. We'll see you at the races. Uh, thanks for the time for this. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, man, we'll see you around. Thanks again for doing this. No problem. Thank you.